on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. LinkedIn turns the page on their video strategy, putting stories back on the shelf. Google Ads announces that expanded text ads will be leaving for good soon, and the responsive from PPC Chat is not positive. Twitter is officially releasing a super new feature. No, it's not an edit button. All on today's show. You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week, powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shop. I'm Mark Saltarelli. And I'm Greg Finn. And it's officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on September 3rd, 2021. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another fantastic episode. Mark, it has been a couple weeks since we've seen you. What is new in your world? <laughs> well, I made a fantastic discovery this weekend. Oh, I'm sure you did. So have you ever been like at a lake or a river with your friends and yes. you're all floating on tubes and you're floating away from each other going in different directions and it's just not that relaxing as it sounds. Yeah. Well, I Well, thought, not really, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so like there's nowhere to tie off. You're just floating away and we found a solution. You get one of your friends to have a kayak instead of a tube and you all tie off to that person and he pulls you around the lake. Who's going to volunteer is, to row all of his friends around the, the lake? That's the worst job. <laughs> My Terrible. friend Dave really wanted an arm workout, and it was a lovely time. He was pulling seven of us, um, including my friend Drew, who is like six foot six and like heavy set. Kayak, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great time. We had a floating cooler. We got a lovely ride up and down Lake Chautauqua. Okay, well, I'm glad you got to relax, unlike the canoer. Kayaker. Oh, the kayaker, yeah. You should mm -hmm. tip him. Greg like, was new. Oh, no, why don't, would I don't tip, tip him? him? Oh, I meant I gave him a tip. <laughs> well, you're such a bully. That shows how outdoorsy I am. What's new with you, Greg? Not that much, but the other day my wife was, I think it was like watching TV or something and just snuggling up against my daughter and was like, oh, my wife goes, oh, you're like a cuddly little doll. And my daughter is like very literal and, and weird and, and awesome. And she's like, oh, you're like a cozy little bag of blood holding her arm. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I guess that's technically skin is, is like a bag are. and there's blood inside. She's not incorrect. She's not wrong. But just thoughts from a six-year-old. It makes me think of like in the cartoons where like the whole class is making like valentines that are shaped like how we would draw a heart and then the one kid does like an anatomically correct <laughs> heart. that kid? Yeah. That's gonna be my daughter. What's up with you, Chef? Okay, well, if you're allowed to talk about your kids, so am I. So there's this new thing called Spotify Blend. I don't know if it's only for people with family blend family plans but you can see like what songs you have in common like what you're listening to that's the same so eddie sent me our link the other day and i hope we don't get in trouble for copyright with this but this was our number one song together is that the is that the creepy guy that does the four 
S's or five S's or whatever? Like Slenderman? I don't know his name. It's Baby Sh for Sleeping and Settling. Baby Sh Sleeping Sounds is the name of the album. And sometimes we get lazy because she really likes when we make that noise. And she'll be like asleep. And if we stop, she'll wake up. So we'll just put the sound on. There's a guy. That's our number one song in common. That is a really smart idea. (laughs) But it's so creepy. There's a guy, Dr. Dr. Harvey Karp, and he's got these five S's. And one of them is like, it's shushing and it just like screams in the baby's ear and goes shh that same noise another one is like swing but it's really like you're just like shake like that's what you that's what the guy's doing it's crazy you watch so are those ones on youtube you i don't know you can watch it's dr harvey carp and it's like one of the asses you knew initially is like shake and then he's like oh wait no that's terrible advice and so he says like swing or something but you watch and like the baby moves it's supposed to be like you're in in like that's so weird well maybe he's on spotify i'll have to look him up check it out yeah it'll be our next hit and thank you to everyone who retweeted the stickers last week we had a ppc pack of stickers check your dms if or make sure you're following us if you don't have a dm you have to follow us or i can't dm you um and we have a little google form where you can claim your stickers seos i heard we're feeling a little left out so we have new stickers this week. It is the SEO sticker pack. Yes. Mark, have you seen these yet? I had a, a little preview glimpse. I haven't had a full look at them. Okay, well, I'm sending them to you right now. Okay, I'm ready for this surprise. So first of all, with this stack, you're getting five stickers again for the price of one retweet. You have the Marketing <laughs> O'Clock logo. <laughs> You have zero clicks given. Clicks spelled with like, it's an expletive with like an exclamation pink. point. Yes. I love that one. <laughs> a la the Spark Turo yeah. study about no clicks. Rand, so. let us know what you think. <laughs> and Geraldine. I love it. Um, then we have WTH. What the heck? Again, <laughs> heck is spelled like it's an expletive. And we have the scale from the page experience update that says good needs improvement, poor. And it's all the heck scale there. Yes. And this is the core <laughs> web vitals uh, play on, on it. Yeah. It's that, my favorite unit of mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one. Then we have one just for Rusty Brick himself, Barry Schwartz. We have a little search bar and it says, is this new? Because the SEOs are always asking that. Actually, Team Paid is too. And then we have Barry popping up in the search bar and it says, not new. Yes. Power listener, Barry Schwartz. Again, Barry Schwartz approved the sticker. Yes. And finally, we have probably my favorite, another Greg Finn original. It says, it depends. And it's the Depends underwear logo. It is not that logo. It, it, it almost mu- I didn't know it even looked mm-hmm. the same. I think it goes. It's, yeah, it's oh, the, that's okay. the font. But definitely, there's no copyright infringement on that. No, no, no. It's no, just it, a font. It's just a JSON. Yeah. And I think the zero click, it goes great with the zero clicks given because <laughs> eat my farts. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, so all you have to do, we will have a tweet whenever you're listening to this episode. And I know people were waiting for it last week. So we will have it ready when this episode goes up. Retweet us and we'll DM you. You can get your stickers. If you got the PPC pack, you can still get these. And also last week at the beginning of the episode, we caught you up later, but we totally forgot to mention our marketing at talk for the month with Anastasia Sorokina, Julie Bacini, and our very own Mark Saltarelli. And we were talking about the state of PPC for August 2021. Lots of good talk about the role of automation, keyword matching right now. Unfortunately, it was before the news dropped that we have today about um, expanded text ads, but 
Oh, but we talked about that yeah. last year. We knew it was coming already, <laughs> so we talked about it. Um, but you can listen to that two episodes back wherever you're listening to this episode, and it is great, all wonderful guests, so be sure to check it out. And then we also had an agency scoop drop this month from our CGO at Cypress North, Jill Fetcher, and it is a talk about agency culture with a cross-cultural agency, and she's interviewing Donnie Broxon, the CEO of Ascento, which is an agency. Yeah, and we're working on the format a little bit too. So there's now going to be a little bit of an intro talking about us, our agency, Cypress North, what's going good, what's going bad, and then she's going to get into the interview. So we're working on so a little bit more uniform yeah. format moving on out here. It's an awesome interview though. Trials and tribulations of running an agency, how to know if clients are the right fit, retaining talent, thoughts on agency size, lots of good stuff in there. So be sure to check it out wherever you're listening to this. The biggest news this week came from a tweet from at Google Ads on Twitter. Oh, they're tweeting again. <laughs> I know, crazy. Well, I think nobody wanted to like claim this. So if it's Google Ads, you're not yelling at a specific person. So the tweet says, starting June 30th, 2022, responsive search ads will be the only search ad type that can be created or edited in standard search campaigns. Existed expanded text ads will still serve. That's important. Learning more about this update and how it can set you up for success. And there is a link there for how you can do that. And then there's just this little tidbit fact that they pulled out and have as like an image in big font on the tweet. And it says, advertisers that switch from expanded text ads to responsive search ads using the same asset seen average of 7% more conversions at a similar cost per conversion. Okay, so before we get into everything about this, I just have to talk about that because I was like, okay, 7% more at a similar CPA? Like, what is the CPA? Why won't you tell me what it is? And, like, is that statistically significant? I don't like, know. I don't know what it is. isn't that much. And it's saying similar. So, like, similar could be within 7%. Yeah. And it's also you switched. The whole verbiage is very strange. And you got one fact to put on this tweet. Like, huge Just, announcement, lots of retweets. <laughs> this is the stat you picked. Like, it was more than one person's decision, I have to imagine. I'm sure it was a pretty large sample size, though, right? Like 90 was, days or so? Oh, we'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> so a lot of people agree with me. So uh, Colin Slattery on Twitter, at CJ Slattery, said, I do love how the percent more conversions is a precise number, but the cost delta is nebulous. Just another way for Google to take more ad dollars and deliver less value. Then Mike Ryan said, if conversions increase 7% at a similar cost for conversion, then it follows that costs increase 7%. Nice revenue bump for Google at Mike Ryan Retail if you want to follow him. And then PPC Greg said, and is it actually just based on 10 days of data? Quote from that article, Google internal data, global, June 3rd, 2021 to June 12th, 2021. What? Like why? These have been out for like three years. That, that time frame, I'm like, why would they choose that time frame? I didn't notice it until that psycho PPC Greg looked at like every <laughs> letter on there. But it's from Thursday, June 3rd through the weekend, and then it ends on Saturday the 12th. It's like, that's just a abnormal nine-day period. What was going on then? Like, why would you choose nine days with 
a full weekend and then part week. Like, what? Why? They could have chosen nothing. Like, nobody asked them to put that there. How hard is it to say June? I, I don't, the I'm, data probably didn't look good oh. all of June. Well, I feel like this makes it look worse because not only is it only a 7% increase with no cost information, then you're sharing with us the sample size is that small? It's across I, everything, it appears. So it's maybe a very large sample size because there's lots of Google Ads advertisers, but still, it's very strange. That's There's no rhyme or reason. It's not like the past like 30 days. Like yeah. It's just random 10 days. So a lot of people had questions, and Ginny did say from her at ads liaison account, because people were making fun of this, that they said similar because they saw a 1.5% decrease change in CPA over that period of time. So she says... Which, if is true... Yeah. Google needs to fire their entire PR Because just put it in the tweet and then no. That's a great stat. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a lower CPA. And Why wouldn't you say CPA. like a slightly lower CPA? Or yes. like if you didn't want to use a number because you didn't want to have two numbers and they could have said slightly lower. Mark, you're hired. Google PR. It's just hidden in there and it's in the replies. Like people might not see that. <laughs> that is so important to the main stat that you're pitching people. It's very bizarre. They just have such a like optics problem. Like, just learn how to announce things. Okay, <laughs> but but to Ginny's credit, and Ginny we trust. She brought the stats. She brought the numbers. Yeah. And I also think there was another great point. I think it was PPC Kirk. We've got a long, long time for this to happen. Yeah. So this isn't like oh, it's October or you know November. It's not like the time they said, "Hey, good morning." Your search terms are gone. Oh yeah. All right, that bye. was a year ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's get into our actual thoughts about this. First, we knew it was coming. Everyone's saying that it was about a year ago now. Um, we had that urgent marketing attack. One of the reasons being a bunch of people woke up in the morning and ETAs weren't in their accounts anymore. You couldn't add new ETAs. RSAs were the only option. So we felt like this was the writing on the wall. I feel like they saw all of us react to that that day and like knew it wasn't going to go well and like just pushed it <laughs> off a year. It's been like exactly a year, right? It's pretty close. And yeah. nobody's happy about it. Well, okay, we'll get into that. So this isn't as bad as some of the automated changes, in my opinion, that they pushed on us because you can pin things, and that's very important. I have templates for mm -hmm. RSAs where every single asset, this is pinned to position one, this is pinned to position two, this is position three, and you can just upload them that way. That is an option to you, and it's just like rating ETAs if you're doing that. Julie Bacini tweeted from her at Neptune Moon Twitter account, have you all noticed that if you pin anything, your ad shrink score is lower? I had one ad today that had pinned two headlines and I unpinned them and it went immediately from poor ad shrink to average ad shrink with no other changes. Not the only time I have seen this either. And a lot of people were saying that they've seen the same things in their accounts. And then Ginny popped in and clarified that ad strength is completely separate from quality score and it doesn't have any direct impact. Pinning can lower your ad strength rating as it reduces the number of con combinations that the system can generate. But if if you need to use pinning, they recommend doing multiple headlines in each position so that they will stay in that position, but different things can swap out and show. Um, this gives the system more flexibility to find out what headlines and descriptions perform better. And this is the important part. Pinning does not impact quality score, only ad strength. Mm -hmm. but, For now. Yes. And then yeah. Jess made a good point in Slack. It's like the only reason I'm okay with this is because you can pin. What happens when they say that that's just a suggestion? You know? 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and that's everybody, everybody always has these milk toast takes where it's like, oh, well, we still have pinning. Oh, well, it's still working. And it's like, 
yeah, I get it. You can still do this now, but what do you think the next move is? And it's just so frustrating because at our court, I want it to do well. I want our clients to do better. And I want to use Google Ads and I want to give Google Ads more money and I want to make sure what we put out there is accurate. Yeah. And it's just, I again, we saw it coming, not new, even though it's new, but still sad. Yeah. And a lot of people were replying and they were really worried because um, ad customizers aren't available in all countries, like all the versions of all the ad customizers aren't. And then Jenny sent a link for how they can be compatible with RSAs, but it seems like they're not in all countries and we haven't gotten any clarification of if they're rolling out globally. So people are really upset about that too. And then the other concern here that we need to get into is the reporting thing because Google promises that they're going to show the best combinations, but then they give us absolutely no data besides impressions to know what's performing best. They're just telling us they're showing the, us the best ones more and we're going to have to trust. So Menamani from his at Menamani Twitter account says, I don't mind losing ETAs as much as I wish. There were better reporting on the different events as RSAs. I completely agree. Yep. PPC Greg chimed in from his at PPC Greg Twitter account and said, we've seen slightly better performance the last few months from RSAs versus ETAs, but the bulk of our impressions still fall to ETAs almost six to one. Agree with everyone else though. We need more stats for each ad set before we're sold. That's the other thing. I haven't been adding ETAs in every account because if you have ETAs and RSAs, your ETAs don't show. So it's like, what's the point at this point? So at least now, for now, we can add RSAs with every single thing pinned if we need to for compliance reasons it seems like the only choice we have for now if you want etas you can add them until next year and that's what you got to do yeah i mean there's like a little piece of me that's like not thinking google is that bad where it's like a little bit easier from like a platform perspective to only have one search ad type and if you want an eta you can pin every single item yeah and then in the link they have in here, it says, most importantly, pair broad match keywords and smart bidding with responsive search ads. Disclaimer, I did a, we, I used to think this was crazy. I did a blog post this month about how we're testing broad match and it can work in some applications with target CPA. But that is crazy to act like any advertiser can pair three automated things and it's just going to work for anyone. And like smart bidding, that's like saying, oh, I bought a car. It's like, it could be a truck, it yeah. could be a van, it could be a sedan, it could be a convertible. You're doing this with maximized clicks? Terrible. Eee! Terrible. Yikes. Doing this with maximized conversion value with target return on ad spend? Okay, good. Great. Grand. Yeah. Wonderful. No but they don't say that, us. they just say smart bidding. Not all smart bidding is smart. Most of it isn't. <laughs> so in conclusion, pin away, people. RSAs are here to stay. What else is happening this week? Well, next up, I have a little question for you guys. What do good and bad stories have in common? They have an end. (laughs) As announced (laughs) in a LinkedIn article by Liz Lee, Senior Director of Product at LinkedIn, LinkedIn will be closing the book on stories at the end of September and it's rethinking its video offerings. And, you know, right in the wake of Twitter getting rid of fleets, now yeah. LinkedIn is finally getting rid of stories. And every single platform is releasing stories. And your marketing clock co-host said every time, it's a bad idea. Here we are. Should have listened to us. I think the only thing we co-signed was OnlyFans, to be fair. <laughs> Excuse me? I didn't co-sign OnlyFans. Like OnlyFans stories? Let me check the receipts. I did not go, whatever. Check the receipts. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just for fans. (laughs) 
Um, Lee said, we introduced stories last year as a fun and casual way to share quick video updates. We've learned a ton. Now we're taking those learnings to evolve the stories format into a reimagined video experience across LinkedIn that's even richer and more conversational. We want to embrace mixed media and creative tools of stories in a consistent way across our platform while working to integrate it more tightly with your professional identity. Okay. In addition to this post, um, LinkedIn communicated the change to all page managers via email. And our dear, dear friend, Andrew Hutchinson from Social Media Today was kind enough to share a screenshot of the email that he received from LinkedIn. And basically, in addition to what was shared in the article, the message just shared an exact end date of September 30th for sharing and viewing news stories. And they prompted page managers to stop investing their time in creating new <laughs> LinkedIn story content. Who was investing but, their that, time? They expire, my thoughts, right? Exactly. Like, who I did... Besides when they first launched, that was the only time I ever saw brands post stories. And Jill on our team posted a few as a joke. And I haven't seen many other stories since then. No one has been using this. That's why they're going away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they they said, like, they gave two reasons that are, I think, are valid reasons for them to pivot. But for me, they're more of reasons why they never should have done stories in the first place than they are as reasons to pivot away from stories. So first, um, they said that people want longer lasting videos that tell their professional story in a more personal way. And that showcase um, both their personality and their expertise, and that can live on their profile. And it's like, great. That's what you should have done in the first place yes. with videos of just doing stories. I totally agree with that. Like, people want videos on their profile. Have you ever seen that video, the Gary Vee one, where he's talking no. about every day in the shower, he thinks about um, the person you love the most getting shot in the face? Why would he say that? I don't know. So, I mean, this is LinkedIn's going to kind of pivot that way. Okay. You never seen that? No. Pretty crazy. You guys are like Gary V connoisseurs. You act like you don't like him, but you know a lot about him for someone oh, who doesn't I, like I him. I know everything. Okay. Yes. You're a We're fan. We're like anti-fans. I'm a fan. Um, and then they said that members want more tools for creating videos within LinkedIn because the story creation platform like wasn't as robust as on other social networks. Um, but again, they didn't mention that there was no adoption of stories and they also never mentioned what's happening to like the five people who have been out there running linkedin story ads oh yeah i forgot they didn't they even had mention ads. that so who knows what's going on there but andrew hutchinson super sleuth out there also <laughs> noted that linkedin recently acquired a the how-to video platform called jump rope indicating that they're going to use that technology to revamp their video offering and will likely shift their video strategy towards kind of like professional tutorials content. maybe that would be smart mm -hmm. yeah that would be cool this is so embarrassing for these ad platforms and it's like they just did stories as a trend instead of thinking like yeah how can we use video better on linkedin like don't hop on the trend think about what works for your users and you'll be successful should be videos. Maybe you missed my email, but let me reach out again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them that idea. <laughs> All right, Greg, what's going on in your world? All right, folks, Mr. Jack 
Kent Dorsey and Twitter have a new Krypton-inspired feature for the all that Jorel gonna love. Straight from the birthing matrix, it's Super Follows. Do you really know this much about Superman? Yeah, I love Superman. Okay. What I'm is, a stan. What is Jorel? Superman's stan. It's his dad. Oh, no. Okay. All right. They're here. So there is a superhero in all of us. We just need the courage to put out that tweet. I don't know about myself. All right. <laughs> well, we talked about this before. And here is what Twitter's fish statement is. They're saying a new way for people to earn monthly revenue by sharing subscriber-only content with their followers on Twitter. With super follows, people can create an extra level of conversation on Twitter, sharing bonus tweets and more to interact authentically with their most engaged followers, all while earning money. And so with super follows, and, and this is me talking, you can have a monthly subscription of $2.99, $4.99, or $9.99. That seems like the Who only- Who would you spend $10 a month for? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even for Gary Vee? There's like a lot of blockchain bros out there that might be like, oh, my my goon NFT supplier is out yeah. there. Like, have you ever seen those those goon NFTs? Goon? Yeah. That's like, the, And then the rock NFTs? There's a rock NFT that's selling for $2.2 million. Is There's it a, a picture of a rock? Yeah, no, like the rock. Oh, I thought, you no, meant, no, like, no. I thought you meant Dwayne the no, Rock no, no, Johnson. No. I can't get into NFTs. I really, it's upsetting to me. It okay? is for me too. But maybe, maybe people like that that have two point two mil to spend on a picture, a JPEG of a rock. Maybe can't they just spend. give that money to me. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so anyway, there are some people out there that might. If you got a, a huge following, I personally don't think I'd. Would you follow anybody for two, four, nine dollars? Or I guess three, five, or ten because it's nine ninety nine. All you're giving me is word tweets. It could be video tweets. It could be any tweets. I guess that the videos were like entertaining, like some of my mm-hmm. podcast people, but they would be on Patreon. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything that like is in text that I see. I feel no reason to give her money because she's loaded. But if Cher's tweets were hidden, you had to pay for them. Like, I would pay for them. Her tweets are insane. Maybe she could do it for charity or something. Yeah, Cher, do that. At Cher. (laughs) Charity. Well, anyway, we are going to talk about some amazing tweets in the after show as well. But for right now, if you're wondering who can set up a Super Follow subscription, you had to have asked or uh, filled out the application to be in there now. It's a small group within the U.S. that had applied. Um, to be eligible for the wait list, you need to have 10,000 or more followers, be at least 18 years old, have tweeted 25 times within the last 30 days, which is weird. Why do you say 30 times in the 30 days? Like, right? like tweet once a day or One something. One tweet a day. Keep um, the doctor away. And you have to follow the super follows policy, which we'll link to over at community.marketingclock.com. And if you're looking to subscribe to super follow somebody, maybe you want that rock NFT inside scoop. Um, there is like, it's almost like a bright pink purple button that says super follow. Um, and if a select account has it, you'll be able to find it. It is only for iOS though. So will there be an edit button? Great question. I do not have an answer for that. Okay. But, um, it is not for Android or twitter.com. Those are coming soon. So you have to have an iPhone to see it. And if you're on your web version, you might miss it, which is absolutely crazy to me. Like, just roll it out to everybody. Yeah. 
just wait. Nobody wants it anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's, I, I, out of all the things people do, this makes a lot of sense to me. If you're somebody with a big following, if you, let's say that you're a, a sports better, right? Let's say that that's the case. Uh, Isn't that like insider trading? Sports betting? No. What are you going to be like? Oh, But I if saw you're it. like giving away secrets? There's a different, most sports betting folks are hucksters. They're not, they don't have any secrets at all. Like there's not anybody out there that's like, oh, I saw Cam Newton um, eating some rancid turnips or something. Like that's not the case. You know what I mean? Like people are just trying to sell you picks and stuff, but this is a way to do that. Maybe people want like hot PPC takes from the at marketing clock Twitter channel and we can have like actual tips and little videos there. We could do that. Okay. Pay me $10 a month. Okay. Uh, so that's it. Look for that soon. And an iOS near you for anyone that stands for truth, justice, and a better edit button. <laughs> now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right, and now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. And this week we have a Take Off, where we pit the best takes on a topic against each other. And Shep and Mark, you're choosing a winner this week. Okay. First up. No pressure. It's from Francois Jackie, at Plural KD on Twitter. And he responded to me, I believe, saying, first bidding, then keywords, now ad copy, colon. You'll lose control over everything and Google will get rid of you guys. Better prepare yourself for this. As I thought it's funny. Many people will get mm. like all hurt over it, and I just retweeted it, and I just all had myself. Hurt. Just, is that what you just said? All, but people get upset about that stuff when you say your job is gonna I'd, go away. I'd like like a Missy Elliott remix. That's like Google make you lose control. Yeah. <laughs> you should have tweeted. You could have been in the takeoff. All right. So that's number one. Better prepare yourself for this. Number two is from Matt Van Wagner and. It was a response to my tweet. I thought it was a response to Barry at first, but Barry had asked what people think about it. I threw in my two cents saying, you know, it'd be nice if we had more data than best and good. And then Matt Van Wagner at M Van Wagner on Twitter responded to me. And I don't know if he's talking about my tweet or Barry's tweet, but he said, this is stupid, period. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Again, even if he's calling out my take, I don't care. It made me smile. <laughs> the minimalism. Yes. Like Sometimes you only need three words. Next up is from PPC Greg. And he says, he just quote tweets the Google ads tweet and says, print off this article, fill it with brie and call it what it really is, a puff piece. Every stat shared has larger non-RSA related optimization driving it. Hashtag PPC chat. <laughs> Which... I mean, I don't know. It, there's probably like there's probably some overlap, but that's a take. I kind of want to use that line though. I'm also hungry now. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say. I'm just like whenever someone says something floppy to me, I'm be like, fill that with brie. Fill that with brie, <laughs> puff piece, you. All right, and the final take is from Colin Slattery, and he quote tweeted Google Ads tweet and has somebody really struggling to lift some weight here, and he says. Live look at the word similar in the statement, and it's a man lifting a very, very heavy amount of weights. So we've got four contestants in this week's takeoff. Shep, Mark, do you want Francois with the Google will get rid of you guys? Better prepare yourself for this. Do you want Matt Van Wagner? This is stupid. 
Do you want PPC Greg and his Brie, or do you want Colin Slattery and his weightlifting of the word similar? Okay, so for me, it's a no-brainer. I'm going with Colin Slattery. Okay, good. The weightlifter working hard. And I got to say, I'm a little disappointed, especially in myself, that there wasn't some more shady content about this change. Like, I could have done something. I just Mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't do it yesterday. We'll put that as an action item. We can get out there on the Twitter. Next announcement, I'm putting my Nene Leaks wig on and I'm throwing some shade, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why my people from friend of the show, Brett Badofsky at Brett Badofsky on Twitter. He says with RSA pinning, even clients with strict copy guidelines should be able to achieve the exact same ad. That is, of course, only if you use the exact same ad components as you did for a single ETA and don't make use of all the headlines available. And then he has some handy resources for people who have not used RSAs in the past, including a script that you can use for all of your ad groups and it'll look at the existing ETAs in the account and generate new responsive search ads for you. I would of course give them a once over to make sure everything looks okay. And those combinations are gonna look good in any order. Um, but that's a great tool to get the creative juices flowing. So thanks, Brett. Yeah, and if you're not following Brett right now, go follow him at Brett, B-O-D-O-F, Sky on Twitter. And I forgot to mention, I'm going to be with Brett and we're actually judges of the 2021 Search Engine Land Awards this year. And we've got some familiar faces in there, friends of the show, Anu, Azim, Brett, John Lee, and many more. So if you have any fantastic work that you've got and you want some amateurs like myself to judge you, (laughs) head on over to uh, Twitter. We'll retweet it over on Marketing Clock on Twitter. And you can also check it out Brett had retweeted that as well. I think if we get enough entrance, you should have to wear like a wig and a gavel on the show. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, okay. But I'm like more Judge Judy. I want the Judge Judy one with that little doily on it. I love her. We could make that happen. Mm -hmm. Judge Judy wig too. Yes. Or you could do like RBG with the glove. Ooh, I'll do both. Okay. Now it's time for this week's... Pew, pew. Lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, file this under not news, but news to me from the desk of Jessica Budd. Did you know that in Microsoft Advertising, you can choose whether you want to base your ad schedule on your account's time zone or the viewer's time zone? Because in Google, you can only do it based on your account time zone. It doesn't matter where the user is in the world. If your account says it's this time and my ads are off at this time, your ads are off. Which makes no sense. I know. Well, in Microsoft, you can choose your account or the ad viewers. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Thank you, Microsoft. But you should definitely be aware of what it is. So check your settings. And next up from friend of the show, Mike Ryan at Mike Ryan Retail on Twitter. He has a guest post on the Clicks Marketing blog about Q4 PPC planning. And he's talking about key areas of strategic focus for large e-commerce brands. That's right, you guys. Q4 is on the way. You know what we will be saying pretty soon on the show. 
just, just in, in time, time for, for the, the holiday, holiday season. season. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. The econ people just love this time of year. I'm so excited for them. So one of the things he talks about is focusing on what he calls anti-conversions or tracking unwanted user behaviors and page errors to troubleshoot conversion rates. I've never heard this term before. I love the thought. And I think we should make like anti-clockskers. Worst take of the year. <laughs> Worst give BBC no, follow. We give no opinion. What are you talking about? Not at the anti-clockskers. Oh. Everything's in reverse. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to nominate that printer over at, what was it? Um, Basecamp as like an anti. Oh. <laughs> You could email the printer and print it off and put it into a dumpster fire. And if you're looking for more, Mike, check out his podcast, the Digital Momentum Podcast. I know it's on Spotify. I don't know about where else. And from PPC Reddit, we have a user named Sefiu888. Why are the Reddit names always impossible? 887 was taken. (laughs) (laughs) It's just kind of what was suggested to this person when they created their Reddit account. They were like, oh, that sounds nice. And this user is having a billing issue. They said, Teed's not paying our revenue since May 2021. Um, And basically, they said that they're trying to deal with customer service to get their money and are asking if anyone's going through the same thing. But the craziest thing is they were saying that Teed's just keeps saying to wait and be patient. Like, how does that phone call end? (laughs) Okay, I'll be patient. Like, what? Yeah, it was like, it was like, three months overdue so again if you're a publisher out there and you're trying to monetize your site i do think there is an edit that they said there was a mistake yeah. on it but that's still super strange because this person was clearly contacting them yeah, and is- until he put it public and the internet like out on the yeah. internet then they contact hey just hang tight your money's coming mm-hmm. this is like everyone waiting for their refunds from firefast oh god <laughs> and finally here in paid That's a lie. It's not the final story. Google is once again allowing N95 masks and a selection of approved N95 adjacent masks to be sold on Google Shopping for both shopping ads and free listings. This is via search engine roundtable from Barry Schwartz. This is just in time for those Halloween mask retailers to not have to get mixed up in all that drama. Everything's going to be approved. We're going to have no problems. Think think about how poorly executed that entire blockage of N95 masks was. Oh, I there can't imagine. There are people imagine. that have actually, like that, that literally can't get a vaccine for health reasons, really need specific masks. And Google didn't just do it during the flatten the curve of 2020 side of things. They said no advertising for N95 masks, which are what many people need. And they stopped it and then just started allowing it when cases started going up again. It and was, it's like bizarre. Like the demand is so high. Like I don't really get what's in it for them. Like. I get it at the beginning when there was price. But now. But figure now, it out. You're Google. I don't know. I just. It, they, they, they missed like a substantial amount of time where N95 masks were needed for people that. Couldn't see, couldn't see ads, couldn't find things specifically. And, and a lot of times there were weird ads showing up as well. So mm-hmm. whatever. And this is really the last story. We have a Digiday article that's about how advertisers are shifting away spend from Facebook. Um, a quote from the article says, it's more of a slow week than a, ma- a slow leak <laughs> than a mass exodus. The client ad spend 
dedicated to Facebook and Instagram recently declining 5 to 10% over the last year. And that's kind of, I remember Greg saying this when iOS 14.5 first happened. It's not like they just lost all that data overnight, but ad targeting is going to slowly become less and less targeted. And as a result, people are going to be falling off. So I have a billion dollar idea, a trillion, okay. scrillion dollar idea. <laughs> An ad platform that cares about its advertisers. Could you imagine? People are like running to be like, oh, I'd, I don't want to use Facebook. Oh, I don't want to use Google. Oh, I don't want to use all this. Like Microsoft has got these garbage close variants. Imagine if there was an ad platform out there. I mean, maybe LinkedIn. Yeah, I was going to say LinkedIn's been doing a pretty good job. They're putting out a lot of training content. That's true. They have great features, but you still can't have more than one ad type in a campaign. Like everyone has their flaws. Yeah. That's the least egregious though. So maybe oh, yeah. that's it. LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn, everybody. Um, although there are no more stories. <laughs> so sad. What's happening in organic? All right. First up in big, big default search engine news. Google is going to be paying Apple $15 billion, with a B dollars to remain the default Safari search engine in 2021. And it seems that that number is going to go up to 18 to 20 billion in 2022, which is insane. That's absolutely insane. And that at some point, you just need to think like, when does Apple think it can make, you know, $16 billion by running their own ads? And Google should be pretty scared of that. I feel like it's coming. Well, no, it's coming. Yeah. It, John Henshaw says it is, so it is. Yeah. I mean, it might not be 2023, but by 2025, Google in my estimation, isn't going to be there. So, Will Apple allow us to have expanded text ads? <laughs> no, it's Google. So. But anyway, that is good news for all you Google Ads advertisers. And next up from Glenn Gabe, BFF of the show 2019. He has an awesome case studies on descriptions in your like category pages. If you're e-commerce, you know how, like, well, I'll get into his his intro paragraph here and how it impacts SEO. And I loved the intro that he had where he said, imagine the following scenario. Excited about buying a new house, you decide to browse for a new kitchen table. So you fire up Google and start searching. You end up clicking through a search listing to view modern kitchen tables and land on the category page of an e-commerce site. But before you start to view all the great tables they have, you're presented with multiple lengthy paragraphs of content. And I hate that. You have a voice that you reserve for reading Glenn Gabe intro paragraphs. It's my sophisticated yeah, voice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what I picture him. As long as you're aware. Yeah, but he goes through and he breaks down um, the conundrum with those descriptions, uh, case study and the details for, behind it. When long category descriptions roam the site, and then he's got phase one about refining, phase two about hiding, sh- shorter descriptions. Uh, the broad core update, and then biting the bullet with concise descriptions. It's a fantastic view. The only thing is I never would think like that. Like if I think about buying a house, I'd just be like paranoid, like how to get the best rate or something. You know, I wouldn't be like, oh, I wonder what a kitchen table is going to be. I just don't think like that. I'm not programmed that way. Are you? I bet you're that way, Shep. Yeah. You're like, oh, I wonder what pattern I'm going to paint on the wall and cry myself to sleep. Painting. Somebody recently asked me what my rate was on my house, and I was like, eh... Took me a second to remember. <laughs> it's G. Great. <laughs> okay, and next up from Barry Schwartz, powerless in the show and featured on our most recent sticker pack. There is a tweet that he shared via WordStream. And WordStream had an article. I guess it's 
by Wordstream. I don't know why I said Barry Schwartz. But they took a look at before the title rewrite and after the title rewrite, and their click-through rate went from 33% before to 26% after. So there was a huge drop, and they tried to fix it and did. Basically, they edited the heading on every page. And then they went through and re uh, submitted a sitemap, I believe. My thing is like, just because Google makes one title tag change that it seems like is bad, right? Calling the president by the wrong name, forgetting Beyonce's name isn't great. Like, let it play out for a second, then start making changes. But if you want to make changes now, check out what WordStream did. Mm-hmm. More power to you. Who am I to say what to do? All right, from Mark Robertson, at Mark R. Robertson on Twitter, there is new YouTube you. Uh, news about changing video descriptions. So there is an example from the YouTube creators and there will be basically read more for all the descriptions on YouTube. And there will also be additional sections that can be added. So if you don't put chapters in and YouTube can figure it out and YouTube thinks it can enhance it, um, it'll add that in there. And then there'll also be the text at the top and display text, uh, read more, and I believe it's on mobile. So you can check that out. It would be nice though, if they could find like an additional camera or angle or studio or anything to add to this heck show of ours. That's what I really want. I'm right there with you. (laughs) All right, next up, I am gonna take everything back that I just said as we received this exclusive email from Spotify. And it was Casey from the anchor team at Spotify and they said, we've identified your podcast as being well-suited for an exciting product we're launching in the next few months, video podcasts. So Spotify is rolling it out to a slew of folks. There's a form that you can fill out if you want to try and test video podcasts. I already filled it out. It took Mm -hmm. me long enough to accept being seen on YouTube by 39 viewers a week, okay? Casey wants you on Spotify. What am I to tell her? This is a compliment shop. Can we fix it so I the lighting doesn't make me look like corpsey? <laughs> Don't worry when when we're in the basement, the lighting is going to be so much better. Oh, There's I'm gonna sure. It's going to be no natural light. It's going to be great. I'm sorry, Casper. No. So anyway, <laughs> if you want to get the form, head on over to community.marketingclock.com, and we shared it in our Discord channel. All right, and from Glenn Gabe over on Twitter, at Glenn Gabe, the number one follow in the digital marketing space. He says, I've shared these before and now it's officially covered. Testing new ways to explore and share through Chrome. And there's new cards on the tab page. Continuous search, which is, it just gives me so much agita looking at this example of it. And basically, you use Google, you can click through to the result from the SERP but you have these like serpy looking other results that you didn't pick right above you in your Chrome browser. And to me, it's like, I, I, I made my decision, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't wanna see like all the potential other suitors that I had out there that I could have clicked on. I just wanna go where I clicked. And I get it, it's probably helpful. Yeah, and the example was for a Google Pixel and you hop in there, you go to the store and then, you still see these residual like, oh, here's a Verge article about the Google Pixel. I hate it. I don't know. I mean, from a marketer standpoint, I hate it. And then it probably is helpful for the user. It's just too much information. I just want my decision. I guess you don't have to go back if you don't like the first link you click. Yeah, you can just choose another one. So I guess, hey, you know what? Maybe people are make better content. Yeah. That's the, the, the rose in this. 
All right, and then from SEM Rush, aka SEMrush, Google has dropped HTML title tag usage by 77% and replaced those with H1 75% of the time, though it may change next week. We don't know. Um, all right. That's uh, a lot. <laughs> well, I think that could be a very good thing when you're pulling, when you're looking at like a longer form piece of content with like the passages update. Mm -hmm. If you're pulling from a certain part of the article, the H1 might make more sense. I believe that Google did say that that was not specifically uh, causational from passages, for the record. Mm. But I agree with you, 100%. It, it, and, yeah, duh, like it is. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, and plowing ahead here, because if we don't move faster, this is going to be longer than Donda here. Uh, YouTube testing picture-in-picture <laughs> picture with premium subscribers before rollout to all iPhone users. So... If you're a premium YouTube user and you're on an iPhone, you can see picture in picture, but it does seem to be coming to everybody. More important question, have you ever met a YouTube premium subscriber? Not once. Hi. Really? really? Get out of here. <laughs> YouTube Not actively. So I used to sign up for YouTube premium for like a month at a time because when I have parties, instead of playing music, I make music video playlists and I oh, play them wow. and I put little Easter eggs in with funny videos that play like every five songs and is a great time. Oh, and well, people thanks for the it. invite. Wow. How dare you? Before I met you, but okay. fine. <laughs> All right. And just in time. Next one. <laughs> All right, and just in time for the Delta variant, YouTube is opening a 6,000 seat YouTube theater where it will host a range of IRL events. And this comes from social media today. And the first event is scheduled to kick off in September. And the team is continuing to work with Hollywood Park and what the YouTube programming will look like. It's pretty cool theater. And I mean, kind of cool. Like Makes they, a lot of sense with their big investment in short form. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on Facebook-owned Jiffy News, they've launched a Creators Club, a collaborative program where it'll work with creators to make original GIFs and short videos. They have a dozen cool creators, and you know they're cool because I've never heard of any single one of them before, so they're probably... Got and their... we know you think the true pronunciation is Giphy because you wrote J-I-P-H-Y when you said Jiffy. I don't know what you're talking there's about. There's evidence, okay. All right, next up, there's a new survey from Eli Schwartz. The Eli Schwartz most famously known for uh, us talking about him on last week's show. And <laughs> the survey said, do SEOs, do you ever log into Bing Webmaster Tools? 49.5% say nope. 36.2% say yes. So get into Bing Webmaster Tools if you're an SEO. I'm taking your SEO card. How about that? All right, and then just more SEOs, SEOing out there. Apparently, there's a Shopify partner plugin that's selling an SEO booster out there. And what it does is it disguises it to make a site look like it has a good lighthouse score, even though it can be slow. And John, like that, what, that why are we reporting so on sketchy. this? That sounds sketchy. Like you shouldn't just go for a, and this is why Google is so careful about everything they say is because people are making a fake plugin to like dupe a lighthouse score. On a Chrome browser. It's so stupid. But John Mueller said, no, Lighthouse scores do not affect Google search. So don't do it. And that's it in organic. What's happening in social, Mark? Mm -hmm. Well, we always have to start the social news with Sir Andrew Hutchinson of Social Media Today. And he's sharing that in Instagram's second installment of How Instagram Works, they're answering our queries on how Instagram search works. It's pretty simple and straightforward. Kind of works exactly how I thought it would. 
from a search perspective, if you are performing a search, um, results that you receive are based on the actual text you enter, as it would in any other search engine. Your past Instagram activity, so based on accounts and posts that you've interacted with, and the popularity of results. So how often people are clicking on those results when they see them in search. So pretty straightforward there. And then if you are running an account that you want to rank in Discover or Search, um, A, you want to have a, a handle and profile name that fits what you are and what people are searching for. You want to include relevant keywords and your location in your bio. Um, you should use relevant keywords and hashtags in your captions, and you should follow Instagram's content guidelines. So not very groundbreaking stuff, um, kind of exactly how I would assume it would have worked, but it's great yeah. that they're kind of putting that out there and saying that clearly for creators. And next up from Alessandro Paluzzi at Alex193A on Twitter. Instagram is working on collectible stickers. Eyes looking emoji. What? When you visit a location, you might get a collectible sticker that you can add to your stories. This feature will be available within the new discovery map. The only stickers you need are from us. And we're sending them to you. In the mail, okay? You don't need these. Mm -hmm. But they know that this is work. This is gonna be perfect for those people that go to those like fake museums that are just like places for you to take Instagram pictures. Are you talking about the Monet one in Buffalo this week? That one I heard is actually decent. <laughs> I'm talking about like What's the fake museum, like yeah. the ice cream museum in New York oh, City, yeah, or yeah. like Museum of Play in Rochester. No, no that's an that's, actual museum. That's oh. a great place. Um, they just made this one in Niagara Falls, Canada. That's like the selfie spot, and it's just like oh, lay in this bathtub, and it's. They have the pizza museum. They're not real. And it's going to appeal to all these people who are just like, look what I got by going to this place. And it's like, okay, well, did you actually enjoy the place? Yeah, I get it. I mean, the pizza museum's cheesy, but I'm going to zig to your zag here because I like this. And I think for local businesses, if you're a brewery and you have like a release date and you have these collectible stickers and if there's a way you can save them or reuse them or have them as flair, that's pretty cool for you to connect with your customers, right? Like I think from a local standpoint... Foursquare was really cool and people use it all the time until they screwed it up and it went away. And this could be kind of cool, right? Yeah. If people were into it, but I just don't see them being into it. There's already that beer app. Yeah, but imagine you go to like a a concert or or let's say you want to go to a concert, you get that. Or you go to a conference and you're like, oh yeah, I'm at SMX or I'm at PubCon or something like that. You're going to know I'm at a concert because I'm recording the whole thing and putting it on my story. Okay. Okay. All right, bad idea. All right, Mark, what's next? <laughs> okay, well, let's feed the bird. Tuppence a bag. I bet Greg does not understand that reference. No clue. Okay, moving <laughs> That's on. sad. I'm sad for you. Twitter is beginning to monetize its Clubhouse clone spaces by rolling out ticketed spaces to select users on iOS. And it's kind of similar to what Greg was talking about with Super Follows earlier. Um, applications to host ticketed spaces became available this past June to any account holder over 18 who held at least three spaces in the past month and has over 1,000 followers. And you can price your spaces ranging anywhere between $1 and $999. That's a lot of power. I wonder if Julie will charge for PPC chat. 
$9.99, Julie drinking her wine right now. That's yeah. my recommendation. Don't shortchange yourself. It's not yeah. worth one. It's worth nine ninety nine. I'd pay Julie. <laughs> and next up, Instagram won't let you party until you share your birthday. Starting this month, the network will start prompting users who haven't provided their birthday to enter their birthday whenever they log into the app. And it, and before seeing certain types of content that might not be suitable for all ages. And the reason why they're being more strict about this, I really agree with. It's a great safety feature for the platform is two main things. A, they want to make sure that users um, that are 16 years of age or younger are set to private as default for their protection. Like I just said, um, to tailor kind of the content that people can see, tailor ads appropriately. And so kind of most importantly, in my opinion, so that adults cannot message users under the age of eight under the age of 18 unless there is mutual following. That's important, but it's just like not that hard to lie about your birthday. <laughs> Legally though, they're covered. Please don't lie about your birthday on Instagram. And as you know, Clubhouse came screaming into the world as the first audio-based social platform, but has since been eclipsed by other offerings such as Twitter Spaces. Our friend Andrew Hutchinson heard that in order to stay competitive, Clubhouse is launching a new Creator Commons to help users learn how to boost their presence on the network. The Creator Commons includes infographics and helpful articles with things like detailed overviews of how Clubhouse um, clubs and rooms work, very 101 material, how you can get involved, tips for hosting and moderation, guidelines for monetization, and how to actually manage a brand on Clubhouse. And there's so much more. It is really cool that they're putting this out there. So if you want to check it out, head over to creators.clubhouse.com. And back to Twitter, they announced safety mode to automatically block spammy or abusive replies to your tweets. Take note, Matt Van Wagner. (laughs) (laughs) He said this is stupid. I don't want to miss but, things like that. No, that made me laugh. But no, Spam. I know, but, could you, but an algorithm could look at this and say, this is stupid as being abusive when I thought it was funny. Well, no, that was my main thing that I like was actually thinking is that this is great. Like, I think it addresses like a major complaint that a lot of people have about Twitter. But I, I'm saying I hope it can detect like yes. sarcasm, yeah. people being Literally funny. every tweet at Google Ads will just be blocked. <laughs> <laughs> and they will love that. I'm like, this thing of the things I reply to my friend's tweets sometimes is a joke. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, my tweets just aren't going to be seen. And talking about our favorite social platform that somehow hasn't been talked about yet in the news this week. And this is for all of you long form folks who are just not into YouTube shorts, um, because we've got a new TikTok clock for your video length. Fresh off the heels of July's news that TikTok is extending max video length to three minutes, TikTok is further expanding video length just two months later. And two more months equals two more minutes. Ooh. There are reports that they are allowing the dancing and tomfoolery to go on for five whole minutes. I'm going to brush my teeth for so long. <laughs> I'm actually excited about this so I can actually see what happens after the crates fall over, you know? 
I don't think it's good. <laughs> you want to watch like the ambulance I, pull up? I think it's the perfect length for entertainment when you're on the go. It's basically half a Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell TikTok that. They'll be so offended. But yeah, I watch TikToks while I brush my teeth now. So I'll brush for five minutes if they're five minutes long. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't wear your teeth away. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a dentist. The dentist is going to be like, you're overbrushing. <laughs> Try flossing. Just don't watch those TikToks about people about planning for the veneers. Have you seen that? The veneer planning TikTok? No, but I kind of want veneers. Um, people pre-file their teeth down. It's pretty stop. Cool. Stop. Okay. Stop. Just tell you, tell you part of TikTok. You told me about prison TikTok. No, I didn't. Just did. Just did. And if I have to file my teeth down, I take back everything I said about veneers. I can't do that. TikTok started banning it because people are filing their teeth down in the nubs. I'm so upset, Greg. I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm, I'm so upset. I'm reporting the news, Shep. I'm doing my job. That's not the type of news we're supposed to cover here. But I am going to take it from one very upsetting piece of news to one. Other also equally as upsetting piece of news to round out the social news this week is this marvelous opinion piece from Mark Ritson of Marketing Week. Facebook's Horizon Workroom sucks. Can we say that? We love edit that. We need to bleep this. So that'll be bleep by the time everybody's hearing that. Okay. What a classy title, too. <laughs> Facebook's new virtual meeting software falls victim to one of marketing's worst sins product orientation. Simply because Mark Zuckerberg needs to find a use for virtual reality to justify his investment in Oculus. And unfortunately, I can't cover everything here in this article and highly suggest you go read this yourself. You can find it in our newsletter over at newsletter.marketingclock.com. But basically breaks down all of the problems with Facebook's Horizon Workroom, which I did not know existed. And it's basically a virtual meeting. But instead of looking at people's video, you're all like Sims and sitting at a virtual meeting and you have like a virtual whiteboard that you can draw on. And... It's equally parts bashing this, but also bashing Microsoft Teams, and it's very entertaining. Um, but basically, the, the big takeaways here are, this doesn't make any sense, because if you're on a virtual call, like you want to see the people you're interacting with instead of cartoons of them. Um, people enjoy human interaction. And the biggest thing here, besides having to pay for a $400 headset, it takes forever to set up. And he pointed out that other video things only take three seconds, unless you're on Teams, which takes 30 seconds to three minutes. <laughs> And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. Something that is hardly working for me this week. We took over a big account with lots of campaigns, lots of landing pages, and we hadn't gone through every single ad yet. And there was a tracking issue. And we figured out that it was because there were redirects in place on active landing pages for the ads which messed up the auto tagging, which meant that the G-Clid got dropped off and it was a whole mess and it was in Sightlinks. So we checked like the ads right away and then I forgot about Sightlinks for a couple of days and that was the culprit, so. I got something similar where a server was adjusting any of the tagging and we are passing in these huge uh, parameters and value track from Google Ads and it seemed like it was being too long for the server and it was just coming in uh, via it basically rewriting and coming in as direct. And I saw it because GA has live-ish look at data with like an hour delay 
where Google ads, you have to wait to see all the data yeah. come through. And it's just a reminder, if you're looking at something, a big account, you're looking at it normally, use Google ads and you can see, we found that the problem was Google ads was being counted as direct. I made a change same day, not even waiting for Google ads data to come through, was able to see that fix happen and had it rolled out with only about 24 hours of data being messed up thanks to the yeah. live data action in Google Analytics. So that started out as a hardly working, but turned into a working hard. Nice. Yes, it did. And working very hard for me. So we have like an agency account for Unbounce that we use with our clients. And we recently had to part ways with a client. And from my previous understanding, transferring pages from one Unbounce account to another was a tedious process that involved Unbounce support, but it's actually way easier. Um, all they did was add me to their new Unbounce account. I selected all of their pages, and then they have a thing that says like to choose action. And I was able to copy all of those pages over to the new account with just three clicks. It was awesome. So thank you, Unbounce. It's the easiest page migration I've ever done. Whoa, no free ads. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's cool tool comes from Rob Bettis at Rob Bettis on Twitter. He is sharing a few tools that have powered him and improved his work over the last year, despite the crazy year that we've had. And he works specifically in e-commerce and PPC. So the first one is Triple Whale. And this tool centralizes the e-commerce metrics from all the tools you use right in your pocket and literally your pocket because Rob says really good things about their mobile app, which is awesome. His next tool is Work Workona, I think. If you work with multiple clients, this helps you manage your tabs and organize projects and bring together all of your work in the cloud. Next is Loom, which lets him record and instantly share video messages of your screen, camera, or both. So Rob says he can record them at odd hours and clients can send timestamp questions if they have to. That sounds like a lifesaver. And finally, he says he uses agenda and text expander for client communication. So these were all in one Twitter thread and we will have it in our newsletter if you're looking for it. Thank you, Rob. And now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Christine Zernhald <laughs> over on Cypress North, aka Shop. And she has an article called Making the Case for Broad Match. And we've talked about it a little bit on the show. We have some clients that we're seeing really good success with smart, smart bidding, just that little caveat in there. And I love how you started the article, Shep. You said, hear me out. I tested broad match keywords in Google Ads, and they're actually converting. What a start. I feel like such a hypocrite. I know. <laughs> you did say that. You said, I know, I know. I'm the biggest hypocrite in history, blah, blah, blah. But we talk about a lot. If you want to see how we're using it and how we are seeing success, we put this article out so you can learn a little bit more about it over on cypressnorth.com. Fantastic article. Thank you, Shep. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, 
head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. Okay, this one has been long requested from Mark Saltarelli. We will be having a tweet draft. Um, we're just drafting tweets. And we'll have another vote in, in uh, Spotify as to who has the best four tweets of the group. So, Mark, what is your first pick of the draft? My first pick is one that's very dear to my heart. Um, it is a quote tweet, so I'll start with the original tweet from Eileen Mary O'Connell at I underscore lean on Twitter. And she tweeted, thinking about the time that I said that I was distantly related to Marie Curie and a guy explained, it's pronounced Mariah Carey. Oh and then Mariah Carey <laughs> quote tweeted it and said, she has two Nobel Prizes. I have two Diamond Albums. We're practically the same person. I think you already won. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Greg, what's your next All tweet? right, I'm going with my my go-to. The tweet, whenever I need to smile. I already I know. I reference the tweet. Okay. It's from Drill, at D-R-I-L on Twitter, from September 29th, 2013. And he writes, food, $200. Data, $150. Rent, $800. Candles, $3,600. Utility, $150. Someone who is good at the economy, please help me budget this. My family is dying. (laughs) And then here's the actual tweet that I like. This is my actual pick. Somebody responded, at drill, spend less on candles. And his response, no. (laughs) All right, so the drill tweet. I hope drill's family is okay. Okay, um, my first tweet is from the We Buy Any Car story. Do you guys know this one? No. Okay, so this is from like a really, really long time ago. Wait, what year was it? I don't see the date. I cut it off in my screenshot. Okay, but this guy, Jamie DMJ, like I'm going to say it's like 2013. He says, We Buy Any Car wrote back to me. And it's a letter from We Buy Any Car. It says, Dear Mr. Jones, after reviewing your request that... We value your little tykes car. It's the cozy coupe. That's my interjection. And viewing the attached photo, we've come to the conclusion that you sent the request simply to waste our time. (laughs) (laughs) The frequency in which you attach the toy as a vehicle, you reference the toy as a vehicle and made references to our name, We Buy Any Car, makes it clear that you knew this result was forthcoming. We have no interest in buying your item. We've been kind enough to return your photo on the basis that you refrain from contacting us again. This is the last time we will contact you. I think that's a great tool. Pretty good. Okay. All right. You're up again, Shep. Okay. My next one is, um, this one I think was brought to my attention by Jess Budd, and it's from at Hal, and he tweets about how his his wife left home with the kids, left him alone with the kids to go out drinking with her friends. A lesser man would whine and complain, but instead he's playing Chumbawamba's 1997 hit Tub Thumping over and over on the jukebox because he can do it from home. And he's texting his wife and saying, having fun. And then he says, you drinking a whiskey drink or a vodka drink? And she says, margarita. He says, awesome. They both sucked. The kids kept thumping the tub. And she says, sorry, honey. And then she said, he says, I got them down. They got up again. And he said, she says, wait, WTF, are you doing this? <laughs> 
<laughs> you just lost. I read it too fast, but it's, it's hilarious. Terrible, terrible. All right, my next pick. Be nice, Greg. The score had quoted CJ McCollum, a basketball player. All my tweets from here on out are pretty much going to be NBA tweets, and I do not have the Ray Allen tweet in there. But the score called out CJ McCollum saying, CJ McCollum really hates ring chasing. And he said, oh, y'all bringing up old stuff. Got me out here looking like a bitter axe, all this stuff. Somebody responded to him, a basketball player, saying, win a playoff game and then talk. And her name was Jennifer Williams. Oh. And CJ McCollum simply responds, I'm trying, Jennifer. I should have known you were going to take this and taking it first. I say I'm trying, Jennifer, once a week. When somebody, uh, everything's coming at you and you're like, why isn't this working? I'm trying, Jennifer. Most people don't know what you mean, though. It's the best, second best tweet. In the world. Okay, Mark. So mine, I'm going to take it back to February 10th, 2011 from our queen of pop at Britney Spears on Twitter. Hashtag free Britney. Agree. Um, and she says, does anyone think global warming is a good thing? I love Lady Gaga. I think she's a really interesting artist. Wow. <laughs> wow. I just thought of another tweet that I forgot about that. Okay, Greg, what do you have next? No, you have Serpentine. You get one oh, more. right, right. Okay, so the next one, um, I don't have the original tweet for, but I have an image of it. And it spawned one of my favorite memes. And um, a woman who goes by at Life Be Trippin' on Twitter um, tweeted a picture of her making chicken parmesan. But she tweeted, chicken permission. Three heart eye emojis, heart emoji, like other two emojis. And then someone replied with a picture of a chicken going, yeah, okay, sure, go ahead. (laughs) Where do you find these? (laughs) That is one of my all-time favorite memes. How many tweets do we have left? One more? Sure, go ahead. I said we each get four. Four, okay, cool, cool. So my tweet is going to come from Paul Pierce next and there was this big free agent drama around deandre jordan way back in the day like 2015 ish and everybody basically went to deandre drummond's house and people started putting like a car emoji all these basketball players and then somebody like um who's the guy from duke everybody hates jj reddick jj reddick tweet out like who bikes. do you think you're talking to I'm talking to the audience and, and and then people put out like trains and people put out like horses and there are all these little emojis people are teaming up on and then paul pierce who was 37 at the time put out a jpeg image of a rocket ship and that was the only thing possible because he couldn't figure out how emojis work just a tweet of a rocket ship jpeg because no idea what emojis were and then people are writing stories saying 37 year old paul pierce just doesn't understand emojis Amazing tweet. That's a bad tweet. That's a fail. I mean, I mean, the Britney Spears tweet I shared wasn't a good tweet either. It was Rudy Gobert was like retweet responded and said Paul Pierce just tweeted with his Game Boy Color. LOL. It was a great tweet. (laughs) Okay, my next tweet is gonna be um, from at Marketing O'Clock. Google might soon feel the wreath of the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you messed that tweet up so bad. <laughs> Me and Greg were going back and forth. We were so excited. We had this awesome clip. We just wanted Lily to like us. And I tweeted wreath instead of wrath. It was the worst moment of my life. Sorry, Lily. Can I have a real pick? Yes. My next one's really short. Okay. Um, this is a picture of this is niche. You guys aren't going to care, but I don't care. I'm living my truth. 
these are these Polly Pocket clothes that I had as a kid. And somebody, tw- they're like um, rubbery and so delicious. And somebody tweeted a picture of it and said, I'd really like to chew that purple jacket right about now. <laughs> I used to chew them all the time. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> oh my God. That is so real. <laughs> Right. Do you have another one or no? Um, yeah, I'll give you one more. Sorry, I forgot it was my turn. My last one, I'm going to go with um, this person who says they're not wearing glasses anymore because they've seen, they've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and my final one, I'm, ch- I'm pivoting away from the NBA here. There, were, You know how people do like the cringiest stuff, especially around like being like around racism? There was a tweet from Chicago Tribune at Chicago Tribune, and it was Governor Rauner. And apparently Governor Rauner was drinking chocolate milk to demonstrate his commitment to racial diversity. And the quote says, and you can look in Slack right now and see it. The oh quote my God. reads, it's really, really good, period. Diversity, exclamation mark, was what the governor of Chicago had said. And so there was a quote retweet by PFT commenter. Is that the Barstool guy? Yes. Okay. And he retweeted this tweet saying, R.A.P. Racism, 1492 to 2018. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Except it's also really sad. That's why. It's like, what are you doing? You're drinking chocolate milk, dude. <laughs> That's terrible. Okay, Mark, you have one more. So for my last and most important tweet, um, unfortunately, the account of the original tweet was suspended. Um, and the tweet was conspiracy theory thread. Avril Lavigne died and was replaced by a lookalike. And it went through this whole thread about oh, how this is where Avril it originated. Lavigne was replaced by a woman named Melissa, who she used to pay to make public appearances for her because she couldn't handle the paparazzi when she became famous. And this is where that rumor started. Yeah. It was like this Twitter thread. This person came up with it. Iconic. And my one roommate at the time famously tweeted the exact same thing, but used a picture of me that we can include next to it instead (laughs) of the Avril Lavigne lookalike. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, well, you have to watch on YouTube to see all these. Or we'll put them in Discord, too, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Community.marketingclock.com. Yes. And thanks for playing. I won. And we'll see you next week.